It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coaches, today before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the CoachPad and CoachPad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates. And here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, today we have Coach Rich Holder. Uh, he is the head coach at Northern High School in Maryland. If you want to Google it, you might want to hit uh, Northern Calvert uh, High School in Maryland. I mean, it may it depend on how familiar you are with the Maryland area because there's technically two Northerns. That's a whole other thing. Uh, coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem, Coach. No problem. Um, kind of. I mean, I, I, I will gladly always have any any run and shoot coaches on here. I love the offense. Um, but I'd be kind of, before we get to some of that stuff, I mean, how did you end up at Northern? I mean, you kind of had an interesting long career, uh, 15 years as a head coach. Kind of how did you end up at Northern? Uh, yeah, it was, you know, I'm the son of a coach. So, you know, my dad was my coach. And then um, I got lucky enough to go to, um, <clears throat> you know, after high school, I went to Hofstra University. I had a couple of schools I was looking at and scholarship offers and stuff like that, but ended up playing for my dad's buddies um, at Hofstra. Um, and I was lucky. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I got to play for guys like Kyle Flood, um, Dan Quinn, uh, Joe Woods, and all those guys when they're starting. Raheem Morris was one of my teammates. All those guys were just starting out in football. So I got a chance to play there with those guys and learned, a, I mean, just learned a ton. Um, and then from there, I went back, uh, you know, after football, uh, playing for them, I went back as a graduate assistant, um, you know, and graduate assistants make no money. And, um, you know, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to get hired full time or not. So my mom said, why don't you coach high school football like your father? So, you know, I applied anywhere I had family, uh, New York, where I grew up, Texas, uh, you know, Georgia, Maryland and Maryland called me back within the uh, Charles County called me back within I think 12 hours of submitting my resume and next thing you know I'm driving down to Charles County and I've got a job at Westlake High School for um, a guy who's in the Maryland State Hall of Fame here Dom Zaccarelli who um, unfortunately passed away um, he was a tremendous coach um, his younger his son who I actually got a chance to coach as uh, coach Zaccarelli's defensive coordinator he was my middle linebacker um, and coached at Towson for Rob Ambrose uh, he came back to take over the program and I get to coach against him uh, every year in a scrimmage, which is awesome, you know, cause it's kind of cool. He still calls me coach. And like, yeah. we're only a couple of years apart in age. And I'm like, Tony, stop calling me coach. Call me rich. 
you know? So, uh, I get to, you know, so I went down to work for him. Uh, they, we did really well region finals, state championship 2008 and all that. And then I took on my first head coaching job at Parkdale high school. I think I mentioned, you know, I took over program, had 21 kids in the whole program, not varsity whole program. And then I asked where the footballs were and the athletic director was like, actually, I don't think we have any. So we had to get footballs too. So took that over, got them turned around from like a one and nine team to a team that, you know, uh, contended for contender for the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs, but we were right there. Um, and then um, went over with my buddy uh, who was the athletic director at Mead high school, Dave Lanham. He uh, got me to come out, you know, it was, you know, talking to me for two years at that point about coming over, taking over the program. So I went over to Mead high school, went to a couple of state semifinals. Um, and then from there, I still, you know, wanted the challenge of moving up. So I went to Mount St. Joe's, a big Catholic school in Baltimore, hadn't won a championship since 1949, went up there, got to coach a bunch of great kids, um, like Dante Thornton, who's at Oregon right now, Marlo Wax, uh, Brian Costable, who's a big time lacrosse player, was one of our quarterbacks, uh, you know, so went up there, we won a championship uh, for the first time since 1949. And from then, my, my wife and our job, you know, her job kind of shifted south. And it was kind of full circle. I ended up back in Southern Maryland at Northern High School in Calvert County. Uh, my kids go to school a mile from the a mile from the high school. We do all of our, you know, club wrestling, football, baseball, lacrosse, all down that way. And I was driving about an hour and 15 minutes each way to work. And, you know, with little kids and them getting involved in sports and things like that, I figured something had to give. And a friend of mine named Steve Crounce was the head coach there. And this was a different opportunity. I didn't have to turn a program around. It was actually Steve had done all the heavy lifting. So it was really about taking what Steve did. And, and actually his youngest son was our quarterback this year. And it was about taking what Steve did and just building upon what he had put in place and getting, he actually did the heavy list, lifting of turning the program around. So I was just basically taking it to the next level. You know, and we won a state championship this year with his son at quarterback, which was awesome because, you know, Steve got to watch as a parent as opposed to like coaching his son, which, you know, I'm sure he would have rather coach him, but it was probably pretty cool to, you know, see his son have that success on the field. So that's where I'm at now. I'm at Northern high school. Um, ten, it takes me 10 minutes to get to work instead of an hour and 15. And, you know, I pick up my kids every day and it's, it's just awesome. And I'm, I'm a part of the community and it's a very close knit community. You know, it's, um, you know, it's almost a little bit like Friday night lights when we left for the championship game, <clears throat> the entire road down the high school, and up Route 4 uh, that leaving Calvert County was lined with fire trucks, police officers, ambulance corps, community members honking their horns, waving signs, the whole nine, the buses as we left for uh, Navy Marine Corps Stadium for the championship. So it's a really cool place. Okay, now, kind of before we get into some of the run and shoot stuff is, I mean, how would you, I mean, what, let me, I'm going to rephrase this whole thing because I started messing up my own sentence. And that is, I mean, what do you think you've had so much success at so many places? Obviously, players are a big part of that. I think that's kind of common sense. I mean, you don't win. Oh, you can win to a point without players. But, I mean, you win with players. I mean, that, that, I mean they're, they're the reason you – I mean, you have to have some players go to state. Let's just be honest about that little fact of life. Um, but besides the players, like, why do you think you've had so much success everywhere you go, whether you've been turning around those first early programs, um, getting some programs over the hump, and then just kind of building off what somebody else has kind of done already for you. Why are have you, why do you think there's been so much success? Um, I think, I think it's probably a combination of factors. I think being the son of a coach, I've been around football so much. I mean, 
I mean, my first experience is running around a football field when I'm five years old, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't know anything else. You know, this is what my dad did. My grandfather was into football. So my sister calls it the family business. You know, it's kind of, you know, we're not, we weren't big, you know, college coaches. My dad coached in college for a little bit, division two level. I think he won two national titles with Bridgeport university, uh, but that was, you know, a long time ago, seventies, you know, all I remember is running around high school football fields. So I think there's a little bit of that. Whereas, you know, some things that people have to learn as head coaches, I kind of already knew. And it was like instinctual a little bit, um, I guess, you know, because of being around my father. Um, and then I think, you know, I'm myself, you know, like whether I go to, Parkdale High School, which is in a rough neighborhood in Prince George County. And I show up the first day, the kids joke around a bunch of the kids were at the state championship. This I call them kid, kids, but they're in their late twenties now. Um, but they're, you know, they're at the football game and they're joking around like, you know, coach showed up the first day and he had flip-flops, a backwards hat, Costa sunglasses and a cutoff t-shirt listening to country music. And he rolls into like, you know, an urban neighborhood you know, and I was, I've always just been myself. Like what you see is what you get. Um, my wife jokes around about that. She's like, there's no mystery with Rich. He is who he is. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's it. I think as coaches, sometimes we overthink it. You know, I see that, you know, sometimes with coaches where they're like, they're not themselves They're coming in and they're like, you know, trying to be some, you know, they're trying to be this fired up, like, you know, version of four stuff. And I've always just been who I am. Um, and then I think the other thing is too, is as a head coach, you know, you have to, um, you know, one of the things that kind of I learned early on was, you know, you hear people talk about holding kids to standards and you have to, but you also have to look at kids individually. Um, you know, like you can set team rules, but really team rules sometimes there's that gray area because one kid may come from a, a very stable background with great parents and stuff like that. One kid may not have anybody at home. You know, so how do you hold those two kids to the same standard? I, I just don't see it. And, you know, you have to help that help the one kid more so than the other. I, I just think that's my personal opinion. Um, you know, so, I, you know, I think some of that plays into it. And then, you know, um, with like you said, I've been lucky. We've recruited the hallways big time, you know, and um, that's another part of it. You know, getting in there and just convincing kids that they want to play football. And I think one of the things you need to do as a coach, if you haven't invested in this is encourage your kids to play multiple sports. I'm seeing this now with sons of my own. Um, kids need to play multiple sports. I really believe that, um, you know, when, and I don't, I took it to a, a different direction, but when I saw coach Dodge down in Texas, when I was a younger coach, and he said that if you play dragon football, when he's coaching at South Lake Carroll, if you play dragon football, you run dragon track. And that kind of stuck with me. So now I tell every kid, I don't want to see him till Memorial Day. Like, that's the last state championship in the state of Maryland. I don't want to see you till Memorial Day. You go do other things. You know, obviously not every kid does it. Um, so we run our weight room just like everybody else does. Uh, but I don't get fired up over the numbers. If we have 40 kids in there because 50 are playing a winter sport, I'm fine with that. And we'll open the weight room up at different times so that those kids, if their coaches don't lift them during the season, we'll open the weight room up and say, look, you need two days. That's it. Two days a week, get in and lift. So I think that the combination of that has allowed us to get some of these kids out that normally would not play because some, some football programs now are just play football, just play football, just play football. Whereas we're going to get the lacrosse kids, the wrestlers and stuff like that, because we're going to be flexible if, if they love wrestling and they love lacrosse and they love basketball and they also want to play football, we're going to get those kids. And those kids are going to make a difference because they're great athletes for us. 
Um, and we did that at, you know, even with um, a kid like Dante Thornton, who I had, who's, you know, started the bowl game as a freshman at Oregon. He played four sports, you know, he was um, football, indoor, outdoor track and basketball. And I encouraged it. I didn't, I said, that's fine. We'll work around your schedule. Brian Costable played for me, who was one of the best lacrosse players in the nation. We wouldn't see him Monday through Friday because he was out in British Columbia practicing for the USA national team, you know, and we just worked, worked it out. So I think you got to do those things, be yourself, be flexible, encourage the kids to play multiple sports, encourage them to be teenagers and, um, you know, and, and just be yourself. You know, that's kind of my big thing. I know it sounds cliche, but I, I really believe that. Now, before we get into like your style of run and shoot, because obviously it's a variation. Everybody has like like everybody has a variation. Let's just be honest about it. Like, Absolutely. I mean, June Jones's ver version in the two thousands is is vastly different than uh, Rolo's that was at um, Washington State before he left there. Before and wherever Timmy Chang is going to run out Hawaii, and then you got, I mean. Obviously, Wayne Anderson's version, who I've talked to, the Stutzmans and how they run their variations and or how, how they've been involved with it. Um, and, and there's a bunch of others. Like if you go to my channel, there's a, a bunch of different coaches posting. And I, I know I'm forgetting people as I go. Um, but everybody's got their own variation. But before you got into your variation, why did you get into the run and shoot? What was it about the run and shoot that made you want to look at that offense? Um, I played it in college. Um, I played for Rob. I obviously was at Hofstra. Um, Coach Matt Sackis had left by the time I got there, but he's a big run and shoot guy. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, I've just recently connected with him, uh, which is going to be great. I think I'm going to learn a lot from him. He's been doing a lot longer than I have. Uh, but, you know, Rob Spence was our offensive coordinator who, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you want to learn about quarterback play, you need to contact him. I, he's at Georgetown University right now. He's one of the best quarterback coaches I've ever talked to um you know he's very quiet flies under the radar but I mean he knows tremendous amount about quarterback play um he was our quarterbacks coach there at Hofstra we ran the run and shoot we had choice you know we ran the shallow cross at that time which we ran it a little bit different than what you would think of um but we had the go route we had all that in um and we had some great receivers like Marcus Colston Charlie Adams that came through um, you know, so, and, um, you know, we had Rocky Butler, Gio Carmazzi at quarterback. So, you know, I learned the run and shoot from a very early age at 18 years old and we did so well with it in college. I really so believed in it, you know, um, it, and we were, we were a little flexible with it. Like we went down to Georgia Southern and played when Paul Johnson was the head coach there and played a team that had Adrian Peterson on it. And we ran for 356 yards out of 10 personnel and all we ran was inside zone the whole game I think we may have run a counter or, or, or a quick trap but I, I would say the majority of the runs came off of just straight up under center 10 personnel inside zone and we were throwing the ball and stuff like that so I really believed in the offense and that's kind of what I've translated and brought with me as I've gone on and obviously it's tweaked and you know we use tight ends now and things like that and two back personnel but that's kind of what made me believe in the run and shoot was being around those guys and just seeing how our offense well, was successful. And granted, we had some dudes on the team, but, um, you know, we were, you know, we were a good football team and, you know, the schemes worked and it was just, you know, I bought in as a player. So, you know, I figured I could make it work as a coach. Now, now kind of get a little bit more on that. What, what makes your variation different? Obviously you mentioned tight ends and two back personnel in there, which is, I mean, I've seen some of the tight end stuff, but two back is not obviously not nearly as common 
when you're looking at, especially when you're talking to some of the run and shoot purists. Um, and there, there's a lot of them. And, and before we, before we get, get any further, no, I will not ask you about pass protection. I, I know the golden rule of the run and shoot. Uh, <laughs> you, you speak no, speak nothing about the, the pass protection. But um, what, how, how is yours different? Let's start there. Okay. Well, well, pass protection is funny. I'm not going to say anything, but um, it was funny because I talked with, yeah, no, I know, I know. It was funny because Billy, uh, uh, Billy Ray Stutzman is at the Naval Academy. Me and him zoomed a bunch of times and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, he's teaching me a whole ton of stuff about, you know, he was a receiver and he's really good. And he knows a lot more than I did, you know, so he's teaching me a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, man, that's great. Just technique stuff. And like this one everyday drill we got from him about um, how defensive linemen run the hoops you know, for pass rush, we run the hoops for receivers because it works on our speed breaks and not galloping out of our speed breaks. I was like, this is awesome. It made a huge difference for us um, this past year. This year is the only year I've done it. Uh, I got it from coach this past summer. And I was like, this is phenomenal. This is great. These kids aren't going to gallop out of the speed breaks. They're not going to beat the drum and do all that stuff and all the seven on seven stuff. They're going to speed break out and they're going to make their cuts. And we did it and it was great. So I got stuff from him, but he was like, uh, next time we get on, you're teaching me pass protection. And I was like, okay, no problem. Cause I, you know, like we did, there's not a lot of crossover, but I think what makes us different is, um, you know, playing for coach flood. Um, he was very adamant about the run game and he's really good, um, you know, with his technique stuff. And I learned a lot from him. And over the years, I noticed that with high school kids, you, you, sometimes you have a quarterback that just has a bad day. You know, as good as we were this year throwing the ball um, or the year before uh, my quarterback, Billy Atkins, is at JMU, um, you know, it, they just have a bad day. They're high school kids. And sometimes you need to run the football to be successful. In 2019, when we we played for the championship and, you know, we're, we're not having a lot of success throwing the ball against a team which we thought we would. And because we had all these, we had four, like, I'm not going to lie. We had great receivers. We had four division one receivers and an FCS level quarterback. So it's like, that's a pretty nice problem to have, you know, however, we're playing a team that had five division one defensive backs, you know, and we're not, and they had, and our offensive line had a bunch of kids that were lacrosse players or at best division three football players. And all four defensive linemen were FBS level signees. And I'm like, just hold on and get run over slowly. We're going to throw the ball all over the place. And we were just, we were off and, you know, we were, but luckily because of what we do, we were able to put tight ends in the game and run split zone, run split zone, insert outside zone lead. Um, you know, the get the play that won us the championship was our quarterback checked out of um, he checked out of go route. We re, we lined up in tight end trips to the right and the court, the, the tight end, as much as people may not like this was going to run the arrow. And we were going to run the seam read from number two to go uh, the up read from number one. And I told Billy, I said, if you see this look, I said, get us out of it, run off tackle, just run a gap power. And, you know, how many high school quarterbacks are going to check out of a pass play into a run? He checks out our quarterback run, our tailback runs for a 17 yard touchdown wins the game, basically. So I think it's, I think it's that, I think it's an out of necessity you know, you don't always have that quarterback at the high school level, especially in public school. You can't recruit in private school at Mount St. Joe. I can recruit, um, you know, I could go out to local youth leagues and find a kid and, you know, be like, come to school, you know, hopefully we give him enough money and he doesn't go to a rival, you know, or whatever, or a school in DC, you know, cause, but we could always find somebody in public school. We couldn't, 
So, and I'm back in public school. So I know that I'm not always going to be able to find that quarterback. So this gives us the flexibility where we can line up, run the football, you know, we can do superpower and all that stuff. And, you know, we can still keep our core go choice streak divide and all that, but we can run split zone. We can run insert zone. We can run power. We can run counter. We can run pin and pull and we can make up for the fact that maybe our quarterback doesn't read things well or doesn't throw it as well. Now, I, I count, I've always, I always ask like we're in high school run and shoot guys is how do you practice to run and shoot? Cause college is a little different. Like they're all going on their offense only kids, hundred percent. Like you don't have to yeah. worry about any crossover, nothing. Um, and when where sometimes your best athlete in high school is just gonna play both ways because well he's your best athlete. I mean that's just a fact of life. Um, also there's time constraints. I mean let's just be honest at the high school level that you don't. Yeah, I mean yes college has their time constraints, but it's probably it's a little different. They're you're they're not sitting in class in college for seven eight straight hours a day. Their classes are broken up more. Like I mean mm-hmm. you've had, you have actual meetings at college where high school it's a little your meeting times a little different. How do, you, how do you approach practice and what does your kind of practices look like for the run and shoot least offensively? I think we actually, I don't know if a lot of people do this, but we have to play kids both ways. And we, we straight up divide the practice down the middle every single day. We don't do an offensive day, a defensive day, and then a mixed day. We do, you know, offense gets an hour, defense gets an hour, um, special teams is mixed in. And we do that every single day. Um, you know, so it makes it a little challenging because like you said, there's all these individual drills, group drills that you want to do for the run and shoot. So I think a lot of it has, when you have the opportunity in Maryland, we have a lot of strict rules on public school about what you can and cannot do in the off season. Um, so I think when you get your opportunities, like right now, we're going to start quarterback school in two weeks. And at that point, we're only allowed to work with two kids at a time. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull, yeah, it's kind of weird. But um, it is what it is, you know, it's and it's unlimited too. you can work with those two kids for five straight hours if you want. But, you know, it's like, so I'm like, whatever. So we're going to pull those kids in and we're going to work with them. So we have what we call Patriot time at the school where the Northern Patriots. There's a 40 minute block where the kids can go to tutoring. They can go wherever they want. So what I'm doing is Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the two kids that I think are going to be the varsity kids. And then Tuesday, Thursday are the other other two kids that I think are going to be the JV kids and we're going to go into the gym and we're or the small gym we have an auxiliary gym and we're going to work drills and we're going to work um, 40 minutes straight of drills or we're going to be in the classroom going over stuff on the smart board which we have in my classroom luckily uh, we're going to draw stuff up we're going to watch film we're going to go through all that uh, and go through our quarterback training program uh, that'll get us ready and we're going to do that all the way up through May um, so we're going to do that uh, that helps us so we can make up a lot of time in the offseason. Once seven on, once um, the last spring championship hits in Maryland, we're allowed to start working with our kids as long as we are affiliated with a seven on seven league and we are not affiliated with a school with the school. So we are officially the Maryland hustle as of with, which is the local seven on seven flag team that travels all over the place. So we are the Maryland hustle and we're going to go out and we're allowed. Once we do that, we're allowed two practices uh, for every one practice for every game. So we have two practices a week. So we're allowed two, pra- two games a week. So we're allowed two practices. So we're going to go out and we're going to spend time working with the kids on that. So that's big. So a lot of our technique stuff is done in the off season to get them prepared. I think I've heard that a lot from a lot of other coaches, but a lot of our stuff is that in season, the way we break it up is we got our everyday drills, which they're going to come out. They're going to run the hoops. Um, they're going to run right and left twice around the hoops. Then they're going to go to line catching. Um, I think if you've listened to AJ Smith talk, he talks about line catching. 
line catching is awesome. Uh, we do that. We, we, I used to be a big, uh, settle, settle drill guy, like the air raid guys. Um, and I've changed in the last four or five years We we are a line catching team. We're going to do that. Then we're going to go into the standard pat and go. Um, and that's part of what we call our everyday drills, which unfortunately for the defensive coordinator, because I'm the head coach <laughs> and I'm the offensive coordinator, I get the pre-practice drills every day. <laughs> so it just is what it is. Um, and then we go into an hour of offense. The first thing we're going to do is blitz drill. Um, for 10 minutes no matter what um, on Mondays and Tuesdays I just feel like when you're a spread if there's a potential of you being a spread team if you don't prepare for the blitz you're setting your kids up for failure because eventually somebody's going to pressure you and if you can't answer blitz you're in big trouble because then everybody's going to see it and everybody's going to blitz you um, so blitz is a big part of it we're going to go into that then we go into what we call our individual, which ends up being more, more group work. Our receivers and quarterbacks are together, and we're going to work on streak, streak drill. We're going to work on switch drill, go drill, choice drill. And the way I broke it up this year was Mondays, we worked all of our vertical throws. So we would put in either, depending on what we felt we need, needed more work at, would be either streak drill, switch drill, or divide drill. And then with the receiver that was not involved, either the X or the Z, would be over on the side with the backup quarterback working choice against a corner and then we would obviously flip that and then we would have routes versus air for the last five minutes of that 15 minute block and we would just throw routes on air so if we felt like glances were going to be a big thing that day on the rpo game we would have the quarterback ride pull disconnect and throw the glance for five minutes you know right and left um, and just work on timing and ball placement um, after that um, we went into um, our one-on-one period where the line did for five minutes where the line did one-on-one pass protection um, and the receivers went one-on-one against the DBs because I felt like that was important to work on defeating man. And then from there, we went into seven-on-seven slash inside and then team. And that was pretty much our, our breakdown every single day. The only thing that changed was um, which drills were being done. Like Mondays was all the vertical drills and the choice. Uh, Tuesdays was our go drill. Um, we also worked on our smash, our smash hook delay, whatever you call it, smash drill. And then we also worked on our, um, we worked on our, uh, slide drill. And then, um, and then after that, and then on Wednesdays, we went ahead and worked on our, we didn't, we took that period out and we replaced it with red zone pass where we worked on air thrown, uh, from the 10 yard line in, cause that space gets so condensed that we wanted our, our routes to be out on time and crisp and clean. So that's, that's kind of how we broke it down, um, you know, in the, in the practice schedule, but we made sure that everybody got an hour every day. Now, now people like, cause I mean, you mentioned AJ Smith's line drill. Do you want to get a little bit more into that for coaches who are especially not run and shoot fluent? I think anybody that's in the run and shoot atmosphere obviously knows who AJ Smith is. I mean, he, I mean, yeah. The, the man wins football games. I'll get, I, I will give him all the credit in the world. Like, I mean, yeah. And he's done a very great, a great job at branding his style of the run and shoot and sure. a variety of coaches. Um, like, do you want to go a little bit more on that for people who aren't familiar with it? Sure. Yeah. The, so the line drill is what we're going to do is we're so I, I've, I've seen coach Jones do it at the roughnecks and I've seen people do it. They do it a little, you know, a little bit different ways, but the way we do it is we'll set a quarterback up on the goal line a quarterback up on the 20 and a quarterback up on the 40, just so we have space. And at Northern, at Northern, we're kind of a rural community. So we actually have, believe it or not, we have enough space in our practice fields to, I think, put five practice fields in. So, you know, because we got farms all around us. So it's like, we're not constrained by space at all. 
That's yeah. one thing we're not. So we'll we'll have you know so we'll, everyone will be spread out. So we'll have plenty of room, and um, you know and we'll put those guys and they'll jog across. So we like to work from the sideline to the hash. Um, so those kids will jog from the sideline to the hash, and then from the hash back to the sideline. And the quarterbacks will stand dead in the middle of that of that track, and the quarterback will keep his will pack the ball, keep his feet live, and then he's going to throw to that receiver as he jogs across the field. And the theory is is that you don't throw to stationary targets very much in the game. You throw a hitch or something like that, but the majority of your routes are on the move. So this is working on kind of the uh, kind of the similar type catching and ball skills where we're going to teach catching catching with this window every time whether it's high head up or low the only time we'll flip in, is when we got to do pinkies when it's below the knees even if it's up high we're going to high point we're not going to do the the run and shoot thing with pinkies together with the ball over the shoulder we're going to high point um so we're working that in those line drills. So now how are we working that? We're working that by number one, the quarterback placing the ball in the perfect pass, what we call it. So the ball, if he's going, if I'm going in this direction, you know, the ball's going to be put right there and I'm going to catch it. I'm going to freeze, you know, coach Spence taught me this term, freeze the tip, make sure that we catch it no deeper than the stripe on the football. And we're going to tuck it away and we're going to jog across the field quarterback gets the next football. And we're going to go and everybody's going to catch one pass going to the right, going from the sideline to the hash. And then we're going to do it going back from the hash to the sideline. Then we're going to work on what we call uh, behind, uh, the we, we do behind next where the quarterback is going to throw and he's going to force the quarterback to turn behind here. So instead of a nice, easy pass here as I'm jogging this direction and I catch it here as I'm jogging, it's going to force us to turn our entire body here to catch the football. Co um, you know, I watched a video where Coach Morrison talks a lot about this. It's a phenomenal video if you haven't seen it where he talks about this motion here being the reason why the guys at Hawaii back in the day caught so many footballs is, and we bought into that and we do it. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to do high over the head. So we're going to force them to bring their hands up over their head. So after they go over and back doing behind, then we're going to go over and back where they have to high point the football. And the last one is they're going to have to flip their hands and catch a low ball. Um, and we do that. And it doesn't take very long. It sounds like it does, it really doesn't. Our kids get through it in under five minutes, um, you know, and, you know, they catch, you know, eight footballs, whatever it is, but they work on that hand position. Number one, freezing the tip of the football. So when they catch it, they don't catch it deeper than the, the, the first stripe on the football. And number two, um, work on hand positioning. Okay. And number three, you know, they're working on body control as they catch the balls in bad positions. No, perfect coach. I mean, kind of as, as we get towards the end of this is uh, first, what is your favorite run and shoot play? I, I love asking, by the way, I love asking run and shoot people this because they all panic. They all panic. <laughs> Everyone, every single one of them, even, even Stutzman panic. Like, uh, like it's like all of them, but no, I mean. I personally, I have to say it's divide. I love divide. Okay. Um, you know, I just think it has answers for everything. You know, go route can be a pain in the neck if you got a cloud and they're rolling, you know, coach, coach Davis calls it, you know, double corner, you know, corner roll, you know, what I, we call it cloud because that's what our defensive coordinator calls corner roll. So we try to keep the terminology, whatever terminology we have on offense and defense, I'm sure you're doing this with, with your guys is you try to keep the terminology. Safe. So I always call it corner roll, but my defensive coordinator now, who's really good, Paul Hutchinson, he calls it cloud. So I'm going to call it cloud. Yeah. So when, they, you know, when they cloud us and we're, it's just, you know, 
it's not bad play. It's just, it, it requires a little more teaching. And I know, um, you know, I'm deep diving on coach Poston right now with, with all his stuff and his stuff is great. So I'm looking at like slide and stuff like that and trying to get better at teaching that. Uh, Cause we're thinking about putting it back in this year. Um, so I know he swears by slide, but I really think divide um, divide just has answers for everything. And then, you know, you can put the, you can bring a drag from the backside run divide you can do you can swap and special it and switch it and all that stuff and i think it just has an answer for all the coverages you see in high school right now okay um because I, I remember talk i mean like i remember when i talked to studsman and they they really didn't i i forget what his answer was off the top of my head but we we talked about choice and how they he doesn't they he doesn't towards the end especially i think at hawaii and at like first year at washington state they, they didn't really let him read choice it because and they just called it because most of the time they're throwing the other side anyways, like just based yeah. off because I, I mean, with the, with the half roll and just how everything moved into their line of sight, it would, those were open more with the coverages they were getting. So yeah, I was always curious on who, cause I, 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 I always love choice just because of the one-on-one nature and all the route options and really you just can't be wrong. Um, and then people just high low you, you just, run the damn ball but that's a whole other conversation yeah um, yeah so um i mean i mean uh, curiosity have you added because I, I know that that's been the discussion is have you added any rpos to your thought process i i know i know like rollo and stutzman were looking at it at washington state and kind of some of the stuff that they were doing there uh, but have you brought any of that into your system oh big time we're we're a big time rpo team so i know that's kind of like well how do you do both uh, but we will, my philosophy is being a former offensive lineman, we'll sacrifice time with the pat, drop back pass game to get better at the RPO and the run game. Um, and that might just be because I was one of the, the hogs up front, you know, and one of the, you know, and then there's always also the fact that, you know, magically on the sideline, my father will appear um, <laughs> in the state semifinals this year. It was a tight game. We weren't scoring very many points, but our defense was keeping us in it. And all of a sudden our defensive corner goes, uh, you may want to look over your right shoulder. And I looked over and there's my father. And he's like, are you going to stop throwing the ball and run it? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, dad, I got it. And I'm like looking for my mom in the stands or my wife being like, can you come get this guy? You know, so we're a big run team, you know, as far as RPOs go, we, we're going to run the glances. Um, we're going to run, um, you know, we're going to attach our quick game onto it, like hitches and flats, like everybody else does. We have a few concepts like, um, I actually don't know if Coach Roll. I, I don't know if Coach Stutzman, Coach Rollo at Hawaii. Um, I stole this from them. I think watching their game film. Uh, you know how all the high school guys do. We like video. We DVR games. And I was watching, and I'm seeing number one on a seam, number two on a slant, number one on a five and end cut. And I'm like, that thing is awesome because that answers man coverage too. If they try to play you, you know, the answer for RPOs is everyone's play man. Well, we got a, ru- a natural rub, you know. So we, you know, we stole stuff like that. Um, so we're, we're huge. I think that probably encompasses probably about 50% of our, when we get out of seven on seven and all said and done, that's probably about, I think 40 or 50% of our game plan each week is, is the RPOs and the run games and then the play actions over top to protect it. So it might be a little sacrilege saying that as a run and shoot guy, but you know, we're going to run, if we're going to run um, go route seven times in a game, we're going to run glance probably seven times off of, in, off of, um, off of outside zone, you know, so we're going to run uh, trips to the field outside zone to the boundary. And we're going to glance the single receiver from the boundary, you know, so it's just, 
you know, and where we are, the, the teams that we play in high school, that's a killer right now for them. So I'm sure that's going to change. They'll probably see that, you know, some of those guys will probably see this. It's like our, our third down route that we love is not a run and shoot route. I stole it from, you know, coach Dodge in Texas. And it's like, it's like stealing, you know, but now everyone's catching on to it. So it's, it's like, oh, we can't run it anymore. People are jumping it and they know it's coming. They're actually calling it out. They're like, watch, watch the 16 yard in cut by number one. And I'm like, crap, you know, so we gotta, we gotta find something else, you know? So there's calling you know, so down and, and, and instead there you go. You're yeah, 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 yeah. Or or run it out of motion or something, you know. But yeah, you know, so we're probably I would say probably we're equal RPO versus drop back run and shoot. Now, now the last thing I got for you before we go, and because you've mentioned your run game a lot during this, as as we've talked run and shoot, obviously inside zone, outside zone, um, power. Um, how how do you guys like obviously, with, with running the run and shoot and RPOs, that take that that is a good portion chunk of your practice time. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff you got doing, especially the run and shoot to get those routes cor- correct and the reads. And um, how much time do you spend on your run game? And then kind of what is your progression? Is it like inside zone, outside zone, power? What does that kind of look like? So our our run game consists of inside, outside zone, power counter, um, and then we got what we call junk runs, um, which I, I just came up. I just didn't know what else to call it. So I called it junk runs, which is runs that um, we'll run once in practice. And if it, if it works in the game, great. We'll run it. We'll keep running it. If it doesn't, we're not going to call it again, like dart, the jet sweep, things like that. Um, but really, we're going to make – when we go into a game, we're going to make inside-outside zone go and power. Uh, counter's great. Um, if we can get it, we'll, we'll run it. But those three plays is what we're going to run. Um, and we spend the way I look at it is we spend so much time as high school coaches in the off season on seven on seven. Um, if, if that's what you want to do, uh, you know, and we believe in it. So we're going to do, we're going to make sure that we're because of state rules, we're going to make sure that we're in two seven on seven games a week. So that way we can have two practices, um, you know, and we're going to spend two hours at those practices working nothing but pass. So the way I look at it is we've invested in the past in the off season. Therefore, in the in, during the season, we can allow ourselves to invest more in the run. Um, and I think that was instilled in me when I was at Hofstra is that we were a run and shoot team. But there were, I mean, there were times where, like I said, you know, where we go up, we played George, you know, we played Liberty University. And um, I think we ran the ball 47 times and threw it 15. You know, and, uh, you know, my dad was laughing because he's watching it on um, Madison, you know, back then it was Madison Square Garden Network. So I'm talking like early, like early, late 90s, early 2000s when I was in college, you know, and they're like, you know, Marty Lyons was our broadcaster. And he's like, he's like, I can't believe it. They've run the ball 15 times in a row. Where's the pass? You know, like, and so I, I think with Coach Flood and Coach Spence and those guys, Coach Ruggiero was on that staff with down at Wake and. I think those guys believe in the run. I think it rubbed off on me where we're going to spend a, a lot of time in the off season, a ton of time in the off season, getting the pass game right. So that when we get in the season, we can really focus, we can not really focus, but we can put a heavy emphasis on the run game so that we know that our run game is solid. And if we need it, we got it. Like this year in the, um, I think it was in the state quarterfinals, we faced a team that we had beat earlier in the season. We threw for 356 yards on them early in the season they played cover zero. They had better athletes than us, much better. And they came out and said, this is why blitz drill is important. They came out and said, we're going to pressure. We're going to play. We're going to lock up and play, man, good luck, beat us. And that's what our kids did. You know, we, we, we um, 
you know, we got the ball in the one yard line one time and we hit a post route for 99 yards, you know? So the second time we played them, they came in and we're, we're getting ready for kind of similar thing. We're going to see pressure. We're going to see this. And they lined up with their linebackers at eight yards deep. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So we come out and we're like, well, time to run the football. And we ran the ball for 270 something yards and the head, you know, and it just is what it is. You know, like the linebackers are eight yards deep. They're playing the pass. They're, they're only rushed. They have a four man front. They're playing a four, one box. Even when we had a tight end in the game, we're going to put the tight end in. We're going to run split zones, insert zone. We're going to power and run counter. We'll put the RPOs on it just to keep them honest, but we just pounded the ball. And, um, you know, I think if we had tried to throw into that, I don't know what would have happened. You know, maybe it was, you know, I, you know, who knows what would have happened, but because we were, we had, you know, a good robust, what I call robust run game, we're able to line up and we're able to say, okay, they're dropping everybody, you know, and sometimes they even popped one of the defensive tackles out, I believe. So, you know, it was a three-man rush. So we're just going to pound the ball down their throat until they come back into a base defense. And that's what we did. And, you know, we were able to come out on top and win that game and move on. So, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I think everybody has their own flavor of the run and shoot and no one's more right than the other. It's, I think that's the great thing about the run and shoot is like, you know, we don't put in all the run and shoot concepts. Like I'm listening to coach Poston down in Virginia and he's got the read, he's got slide. We don't have read and slide. We, you know, we're thinking about putting slide back in. We've got streak, switch, divide, choice, and go. And then after that, we've got some, you know, we've got the, the, um, the Hawaii, the levels route, we've got Nebraska and Georgia, but that's, that's it. That's our, that's our drop back pass game. We don't put anything else in, um, you know, our third down route that I mentioned is a tag off four verticals. We just tag one guy on a 16 yard in cut, you know, and it causes teams problems. Um, you know, but other than that, we're going to run, we're going to run the ball and we're going to use a lot of RPOs, um, and screens to try to mitigate some of that, you know, teams playing drop eight. All right, coach. Well, that's perfect. So coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, coaches, uh, his Twitter will be in the bio. So you give him a follow. Uh, if you want to learn more about run and shoot stuff, obviously reach out to him. Um, and then uh, like, share, subscribe. If you want to go like, back uh, and listen to any part of this, the tags are in the bio uh, from why the run and shoot, his variations, practicing, uh, the line drill, the RPO conversation. Uh, if you want to listen to that, that's all below. Uh, check out our sponsors, affiliates, all that lovely stuff that's in the bio. Um, and that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.